Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the First Year Experience Podcast. My name is Dr. Jose Saldivar and joining me today we have a full house with us. Uh, I'm going to go around the room and allow all of our guests and our co-hosts to introduce themselves. Starting to my uh, right. Hello, my name is Lucas Martinez Salas. I work for the financial aid department here at the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley and I'm a financial aid coordinator in charge of loans. Hello, my name is Omeida Villarreal. I'm also in the financial aid um, office here in the UCRD. Uh, I'm also a um, loan, I'm sorry, a financial aid coordinator, and I work in the depot prevention area. Thank you, thank you. My name is Marley Olivares. I am a financial aid advisor here at the Edinburgh campus. Um, Awesome, thank you. Thank you all for joining us today. Um, and welcome back to our co-hosts um, after some time off. Uh, so we wanted to start the, the semester off um, talking about something incredibly important for all students, right? Financial aid, because everybody wants to know how exactly am I gonna pay for college? And am I gonna graduate in debt? Or you know, one of many number of things that we worry about as college students and um, anyone interested in higher ed. So today we have as you know now, a couple of folks from financial aid with us. And so I know you guys have some things that you'd like to talk about and you wanna inform our guests of, right? Before we get there, actually no, why don't we go ahead and we start with that. We'll allow you guys to, to introduce some of the things that you wanted to bring to us. And then afterwards, I'm sure our co-hosts and myself will have some questions for you guys. So where do we wanna start? Okay, so it's October and October is usually the start of the new academic year, or as far as submitting your FAFSA goes. Uh, FAFSA applications just opened up October 1st, and they go on through, um, I believe it's June 30th of the following year. So uh, for next year, for the academic year 2020, 2021, um, the FAFSA did just open up, so that is kind of where our office is assisting students. Um, we've been hosting Saturday events, uh, students have been coming in for advising. Um, so a lot of students are pretty much eager to get that going, especially because uh, the new tuition advantage program just became available. Um, so that's gonna start launching next fall, so fall 2020. Um, so for that, you do need to meet priority requirements and the deadlines and all of that. So a lot of students are kind of jumping on the ball with that. Okay, so a couple of things. Um, so financial aid opened up. And I, one thing that I always hear from students, or I always see students, um, some of them sort of neglect that priority deadline. Correct. Why, why should students fill out their FAFSA as soon as possible? The biggest thing is our institutional funds. Um, so the tuition advantage program, that is gonna be key to a lot of students now that the income brackets are in increasing. Um, so really, I mean, it doesn't necessarily affect students who are eligible for the Pell Grant, but like I said, it does affect um, other institutional grants, scholarships, stuff like that. Um, so that's why it's really important, especially for those who don't qualify for the Pell Grant and they're only relying on institutional funding or scholarships, that's where it's key to, to do the, the deadline by the priority deadline, the FAFSA by the priority deadline. Awesome, thank you, thank you. 
And the deadline would be the same for TASFA? Correct, yes. So I'm talking about FAFSA, but TASFA is uh, students who are submitting a state financial aid application. Um, so those two, FAFSA and TASFA, they do have the same opening and the same uh, ending deadline. So it did also open up October 1st, um, and the priority deadline for both is uh, January 15th. So yes, so that would be the same. Okay, so for our listeners out there, the FAFSA and the TAFSA both opened up. The priority deadline is January 15th. Um, so make sure you uh, submit those applications, uh, whatever applies to you as soon as possible. Correct. All right. So now you all want, also wanted to talk about something else that the university is uh, providing for students. Yes. Um, actually, we have partnered up uh, with, um, we're talking about in the loan side, mm -hmm. uh, we have partnered up with uh, a third-party company. It's a nonprofit company. The name of this company is Inceptia. And uh, they have been uh, assisting us in regards to the matters and of uh, uh, loans, right? Usually what happens after um, out of school or graduate from school. Um, so we have uh, this company that is in charge of sending the notices, you know, and giving you information on, on how to uh, start making payments or if you don't know your loan servicer, all those things, they will give you that information. Um, but also this, um, this company is also providing us with a program that it's called Financial Avenue, which is a um, financial awareness or wellness program, um, which uh, has like um, online, it has an online portal, right? Okay. So in this portal, you get to uh, make your own username, password, uh, there's a uh, access code that we need to use, which we have, we provided to students. And then once they create an account, uh, they can uh, see um, content like uh, for financial awareness. You know, that's a, it's some sort of um, um, like a mentor. They mm -hmm. mentor students uh, on with, with their financial, to help to uh, achieve their fi financial goals, not just in school, but in life, you know. There's a uh, different type of courses, which is like school uh, loan repayment courses, uh, debt and uh, credit monitoring, and also like how to save, things like that. So it's like super easy, they are very interactive, they have videos, they have, uh, you know, pictures, uh, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, it's very interactive. And they are very short, they have a lot of information, they are, it's, it's not, um, a lot of information, but it's like the key points. Yeah. And uh, we have had already about, um, we, just, we just started working in, with it, and we have about 50 students that have done it, and wow. they have learned a lot, and sometimes they even tell me like, oh, I didn't know, you know, anything about this or about that, you know, different things, and you, you get to learn, and even me, because I even worked on them, so it's really helpful. So, I, th I think that's that's really cool. I know, um, you know, when I was an undergrad, I wish I had something like that. You know, I, I think, and just talking to a lot of our students, a lot of them don't, you know, they, they see the day-to-day, -day, they don't think long-term, and they don't think about, like, financial planning and financial goals, and I always remind my students and, and, and encourage them to, to think about saving and think about, to think about these things because we take it for granted, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I think that's a really great idea. Um, I would say, uh, I would ask that maybe after the podcast, if you would send me more information so that I could maybe share it with some of my UNID faculty and, and maybe we can get it into the classes and encourage our students to use to use it if possible, yeah. 
And this program is free? Yes, it's free. Um, you can uh, you can go to the financial aid, um, you know, financial aid or youth central office, mm -hmm. and then we have in youth central there's a, the youth central lab. We have um, the brochures there, which contain the different courses, and then you can choose any course. There's an access code, but it comes there, so you can you can go in and you can take all the courses if you want, uh, or you can just you know check the ones that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. But like I say, they are very short and really they really have good content. So um, I really I would really encourage students to take a look at that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I think you know one other thing that I'd like to get back to. So thank you for sharing that information on the library. Mm -hmm. So the university is moving to this free tuition. What, tell us more about that because I'm sure. Like I, I, I get questions from my from my first year students about it. What does it mean? I had I had a student ask, does this mean I still have to do the FAFSA? And I said, of course you have to do the FAFSA, right? <laughs> but maybe just some more information about about what does it mean for for existing students? What does it mean for new students? And and then maybe maybe some of our our co-hosts here might have some questions about it as well. Yes. Yeah, so the tuition assistance program that one. Um, again, it, the magic number is 75000 so students and parents, um, as long as they have a combined income of less than seventy-five or 75 or less, they qualify for that free tuition assistance program. But of course, with a lot of things, there are requirements with it that go along with it. So um, the two biggest ones are you have to be enrolled in 15 hours, and you need to have at least a 2.5 GPA. Now, of course, for entering freshmen, they don't have the GPA because they're entering freshmen. Um, so when they apply to the university, they do have to be meeting the admission uh, requirements in order to get it on top of the 15 hours um, and, of course, meeting the income bracket. Now, um, what's good about the university is that after you take 12 hours, pretty much every class after that is considered free. So if you're wondering, oh, I'm taking 15 hours, it's gonna be a lot of money. Well, no, because that last course or the, the, the last three hour course is technically free, so you don't have to worry about it. It'll be the same price whether you do 12 hours, 15 hours, 18 hours, um, or if you uh, wanna exceed that, then it would still be <laughs> free, but. <laughs> Crazy, but free. Yes, yeah, right. it would still be free. Um, and also the good thing too is for entering freshmen or students who are entering their first year, they are capped at a tuition price. So I know some students, uh, when they entered, they were being charged a certain amount for tuition. Um, so for that amount, for the next four years, you would be only charged that amount, nothing more, nothing less. Of course, if you have a lab, then it, that'll be a little bit more. Um, and then so on for the next incoming class, you would be capped at whatever that tuition price is. So you, you, sh you won't be expecting any um, unforeseen increase, yeah, in your tuition. Um, so that's also another good thing about that. And the requirements will be the same for people that are transferring from other yeah, so this, colleges? Yeah, so students who might not have been able to get assistance because of the income bracket, but now they're meeting those income bracket requirements, mm -hmm. it applies to uh, current students, uh, returning students, transfer students, entering freshmen, anyone. Okay. What about if you receive the program? Would it still apply if you qualify? Yeah, so the tuition assistance is pretty much the last option that students have. So if you're Pell eligible, 
of course, your Pell Grant would be the first grant that you would, uh, be, that would be applied to your tuition. If the Pell Grant is the only grant that you get, then the tuition assistance program would help cover the rest. So what would, what's the difference between the new Pell Grant between, no, the new tuition versus the chief grant? Because <laughs> it wouldn't, isn't it like kind of similar? It's just the requirements that are different? It is, yes, it is similar um, in the sense that the requirements are pretty much the same, but the income is increasing a lot. I know oh, about okay. three years ago it was at 45000 uh, then it was at 50000 now it's at 75000 So a lot of the students who, and students and parents who I would see during advising appointments, they quote, we're too poor, but then we're too rich, so we don't qualify for really anything. Yeah. So now it's giving them the opportunity mm -hmm. to, to qualify for something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so, great. So for students who like receive like scholarships or grants, so basically that, assume the same requirements, it basically takes into consideration of the math? Correct, yeah. And then for people who don't receive anything at all, the rate and requirements would cover that? Correct. Okay, mm -hmm. okay, that makes sense. <laughs> um, no, I, I know this is, and I, and I wanted to make sure we talked about it because it's gotten a lot of buzz. Um, I've seen it all over social media. Yes. People have, social like, media. you know, um, good and bad. And so I, I think being able to have you all here, one, I, I'm grateful for that. But then for you all just to, to kind of address, like, well, what does it mean for our students? And I mm -hmm. think it, it sounds like it's just creating more opportunity for Correct. our students, mm -hmm. right? But so students have to, have to still submit their FAFSA because yes. sometimes sometimes they they I they have asked me like oh so that means that the school is gonna be free so I don't have to do anything else and they're like no you still have to do your FAFSA so they still have to submit their FAFSA they have to yeah. meet all of those requirements right, right. And so for our continuing students it's a two point five yes and then like fifteen hours fifteen hours meet the income bracket and for internet students it's as long as they meet the admission requirements right okay and then the seventy five thousand uh dollars -huh. anything but so that only covers tuition, not like room and board or like um, cost of living. Because I know like uh, whenever I do my FAFSA and it just like it gives me that um, financial aid package, mm -hmm. it says like okay this is like for your tuition and then this is how much room and board costs, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Correct. So the financial aid typically does not cover all, like for students who are staying in the dorms, mm -hmm. um, it does not cover dorm charges. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the time students will have to get additional aids such as loans. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a good thing that we have this new module program <laughs> 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 to help with trying to alleviate some of those, um, those finances in the long run. But yeah, so financial aid does not typically cover room and board. Now the estimates that you might see on your cost of attendance, that is a general estimate for every student. So of course, someone who lives here in Edinburgh might not have, you know, it might not take up all of that amount versus someone who lives in um, Rio Grande City. Obviously, you know, they have to drive farther and stuff like that. So it's just a general amount for all students. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, going back to the modules, do you have, you can access them at home or you have to go to the financial aid office too? You can access them at home, okay. yeah. Um, you can, what you, what you can do is also, I can just give you the access code, I'll email you the access mm -hmm. code, or uh, you can email uh, finaid.ucrtp.edu, and we can give you the access code, and then the, the web page, and then you can, 
you can or send you the link to to log to in access. to access it mm -hmm. and then you can create it at your home but like i said we have the brochures at rio centro uh, we are working on, on making a um, like a web page for for that uh, for for that for those courses. We also got we we recently got um, posters, so we're gonna be placing those posters as well. So, but yeah, you can access it anywhere. Okay. And any any links or anything any uh, additional information you want to mm -hmm. send us, we we're happy to post on our on our um, UNIV web page and through our social media accounts. So if you want okay. to share anything. Yes, yeah. Actually, Inceptia sent us a packet of um, brochures and also like uh, pictures and things that can help with it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so before we go, because we're running short on time, are there any, um, I don't know, frequently asked questions that you get? I mean, you are working in financial aid that you get from students that maybe, you know, there's, you have this venue now, you can maybe dispel some rumors, some myths, some some suggestions for our students that are trying to navigate the financial aid process? I think a lot of people assume that loans are not part of financial aid. Mm -hmm. So we'll have people that say, I only got loans, but I want financial aid. Yeah. Kind of like trying to educate them on that. <laughs> um, I think one of the biggest things that we've gotten from Inceptor, or what we've learned, is the fact that a lot of students, they finish, they graduate, and they, they climb up. They get confused, or they get scared about paying their loans. Um, and so with the Inceptor, we're trying to guide students, say, hey, don't be scared, there's options. Um, we've had a lot of students who are like, you know what, I don't make a lot of money, and that's fine. Your loan servicer has options for you. There's a bunch of things you can fill out to see what you qualify for. Some people qualify for like a zero payment at the beginning as they're kind of getting their footing. Um, so that's one of the biggest things we've been trying to gear people toward. Um, like I, I personally do uh, freshman loan counseling, which you know, first, first time borrowers have to come in and talk to us. You know, they, they don't automatically get awarded. And one of the biggest things we try to tell them is that loans should not supplement your life. You know, uh, we're gonna automatically, like one of the things that we, that all three of us do is, we look at what you've got and like, oh, you were awarded so much. Okay, so what do you really need? You know, you need books, what else are you gonna do? And whenever we talk to students, we talk to them about fall and spring. So whatever we're gonna do to help you in, we're gonna make sure we give you enough for both. Um, but that's one of the biggest things we try to mitigate is that loans are not scary, and at, at the beginning, very much don't take out more than you need. Yeah. Um, you know, every um, our loans have a limit; they have an aggregate loan limit that you can borrow as a dependent student, as an independent student. Um, and we've had students in the past where they max themselves out, and then they wondered why their third or fourth year they had nothing left. And the biggest thing was just, you know, at the beginning, somebody told them or you know, a brother, a sister, a parent, you know, match yourself out, you're gonna need that money, and you know, you end up not using it. Um, and one of the biggest things that people don't know is, once a loan pays out, you actually have 120 days to bring us money back. So if you end up, you know, two months down the road, you know what, I've got 500 bucks and I didn't need it, it's, it's, it's more than likely it's earning interest yeah. that you're gonna have to pay back, or you can just bring it back to us. And the student basically brings the money back to the bursar's office, they return the receipt, and then we basically take the loan away from them, and it's as if it was never borrowed. So it's also a big thing that we've been telling students, you know. Uh, and I mean, we always tell students too, you know what, if you wanna borrow the full amount, go ahead. You know, borrow that full 3,000. See what you need. You know, come October, November, you know what, I really didn't use all that, bring it back to us. No harm, you know, no harm, no harm, no foul. We, yeah. It goes right back, and then the, basically the Department of Education goes, you know what, hey, you only borrowed 1,500, not 3,000. So you go forward knowing that you kind of were financially aware. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.
But um, there was like a lot of stuff that I didn't know as like a first year student that I know now. So I guess, is there any advice you want to offer a first year student? Just like like extra advice that you guys already talked about. Our Edinburgh campus consists of um, two full time financial aid advisors, and of course our Brownsville campus has, I guess one and a half because <laughs> one person is full time, another one kind of does it as needed. Um, but students don't know that we're there to help them. You know, they automatically think we can only go to U Central, and yes, U Central and the call center should kind of be your first target as far as getting assistance. Um, but if there's, you know, something that they might not be able to help you with, we are also in the back uh, part of the office where you can schedule an appointment. Um, a lot of students come in thinking that they're, you know, they're helpless. They they don't want to ask for help. Um, but then once they see one of us, they finally understand that, you know what, all I have to do is ask for help, and this is really all it took. <laughs> so really not being afraid to ask for help, um, because, you know, if we can't help you um, with loans, or if we can't help you talk through something, or if we can't help you financial aid-wise, maybe we can uh, steer you in the right direction to the area that can help you. Well, thank you to our guests. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you co-host. This concludes another episode of the First Year Experience podcast. Please check us out on iTunes and on SoundCloud, and we will see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.